Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're going to be looking at um, Genesis chapter 8 today. I'm going to go um, the whole thing, uh, one verse 1 through 22. And um, to catch us uh, back up for a second, remember we in chapter 7, um, it's been raining. It's been raining 40 days and 40 nights. Noah and all the animals, two of every kind, has uh, been in the ark, and um, these are um, of unclean animals, and then we've got seven pairs of clean animals, and they're all in the ark. Noah's in the ark, and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and his wife, and then the three wives of his sons were in them. Okay, so they're in this big ark. It's probably like a battleship in size with three levels it's a big thing so um god uh sealed them up in there and it's been raining 40 days and 40 nights and then after those 40 days and 40 nights um the waters prevailed on the earth there was you it didn't dry out and uh they about five months the waters they were they were um, surrounded by nothing but water. And then after about five months, the Bible says mountaintops became visible. And um, as the ark becomes to rest on one of the mountains of Arat, we don't know which one, but uh, we know now that the waters are beginning to recede. And so uh, um, Noah's going to send out a raven to check things out, but the raven doesn't come back. But then um, Nova sends out a dove three different times. And on the third time he sends out this dove, the dove doesn't come back. So Noah figures that that dove's found a place to land and that the, there's got to be some land out there. And we see that it's like another five months they're in the ark waiting for the land to dry out. So now it's been 10 months. And so then they're, um, they know that the dove never came back, but then they still can't get out. So Noah eventually removes the covering of the ark. They look around, and after two more months of being in the ark, uh, 
Um, Noah leaves the ark. And there is a, uh, a timeline on this that we will see. And um, without getting into the, the specific dates and time, the, my study Bible points out that the total time in the ark is 370 days. So can you imagine being in something a whole year? But that's how long it took the earth to dry out. Uh, it looks like the waters were receding over around seven months, you know. So um, so anyway, we're going to jump right in and look at this um, account of how the flood begins to subside. Ver- chapter 8, verse 1, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. So uh, another translation for the word wind is spirit. We've seen winds um, translated into into the spirit, um, the spirit of God, uh, many times uh, here. This same translation of wind or spirit uh, kind of echoes back to chapter one, verse two, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is when God created the earth. So this wind or spirit to blow over the earth, it kind of um, perhaps blows away the clouds uh, and the water subsided. Verse 2, the fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained. Verse 3, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of a hundred and fifty days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Arat. And the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. Okay, so now they've been in the ark ten months and they begin to see land in the form of mountaintops. Verse 6. But, you know, at this point, they didn't know where they were. They didn't know that these were mountaintops, you know. They could have thought, oh, okay, we're on dry ground. But, no, they're they're just sitting on top of a mountaintop. They've got more. The earth has got to dry out even more. And as we read through this, just think, what a story in faith and obedience. You've got to have faith and obedience and we made this point before that Noah's faith and his obedience to God is what saved him. And uh, today, our faith and our obedience to God is what saves us too. We've got to learn from the way Noah Noah did what God asked him to do, and that's the only way he got saved. And it not it interesting that our faith and obedience to God is what saves him, but it also allows others to be saved as well. Verse 6, At the end of forty days, Noah opened up the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. 
Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground, but the dove found no place to set her foot. And she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days, and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. So that's pretty important. He sends out this dove three different times to try to find out if the dove can give him any clue if there's land. Of course, McGee says Noah was a bird watcher at that point because he was watching for that bird all day long to see if that bird was going to come back. Verse 13, in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off from the earth. Isn't it amazing that the Bible is so specific about the times and the dates? Because there's nobody else keeping track of time like this. Or perhaps Noah was keeping track of time. Maybe he was counting every single day that went by. But it's recorded here for us. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. It's not like a little fairy story here. It's a specific story told by people. Given to us by God. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark. Isn't it interesting? It just came to me that, you know, we were thinking earlier, like, you know, you know, so-and-so lived 900 years before he does things. And then you think to yourself, how do we mark time? But look how we're marking time here. We're marking it again by days and months. And we relate to it by days and months. I mean, if we relate days and months as Noah in the ark, back to the days and years how people were living, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it it looks like their time is being marked very literal, just like we relate to it today. So back to verse 14. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Verse 15, Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons, wives with you. Bring out every living thing that is with you, of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Isn't Doesn't that again sound like it did back in Genesis chapter 1? Be fruitful and multiply. So, verse 18, Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with him. 
Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. So a couple of things here. Man is leaving the ark. The earth has been restored. Man is still a sinful man. But God had had to destroy the wickedness that was in the earth in order to preserve a remnant, a remnant of his creation. And this is the remnant here that he saves. And they go out by families. Nobody's on your own. There is still a structure, male and female, according to its kind, by families. Verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So Noah is doing something to honor God, to atone for their being saved, to thank God for being saved. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. So God knows that man is is evil here, is sinner, is a sinner. But God is He is complete. He has completed his destruction of this sin in the world. He doesn't do away with his first curse from the Garden of Eden. That is still present. But the sin. Man is still a sinner. God acknowledges that man is still a sinner. But I made a provision to save you. And another provision is going to come. Eventually, it will be Jesus Christ. Verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time, and let's see, I will never again, I'm going to back up again. Verse 21, and the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. The, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. N- neither, and he says, I'll never again curse the ground, and neither uh, will I ever Strike down every living creature as I've done. So God's saying, I'm never going to do this again. But man's still a sinner. Verse 22, while the earth remains. In other words, I haven't destroyed the earth. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Okay, so God has destroyed the earth, every living thing in it. But the earth itself has remained, but the seasons, the weather, time itself, how we mark time, we mark time with the days and the nights and the winters and the summers, the seasons, all of this still remains. So God's creation is still intact Man is still present on the earth, and so is sin. But God is saying, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to do this again. I had to do it. And we're now going to have to come up with another way for man to live. Because the first way man was living with no law and order or anything like that is not going to work. So we're going to stop here. And tomorrow we'll jump in at chapter 9 as we continue to look at our at our study of Genesis. And remember, Noah's faith and obedience to God is what saved him. And his faith and obedience to God allowed others to be saved around him as well. So, we'll stop here. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And um, we usually turn the podcast over to Matali. I don't think she's still uh, ready to um, join the podcast as she's and her family are recovering from an illness. Uh, but uh, we'll look forward to Matali being back with us very, very soon. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time. Oh, and just a word to everyone. We are so grateful for God's provision uh, that Ben is better. <laughs>